0: There's just two minutes remaining in the first period of extra time as David Robertson launches a long throw into the box. And they're not going to touch. There's Nicholas. It's back to Mason. 2-1 to Aberdeen. Chalky start on the track. And a long throw did all the damage. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the latest By the Minute Aberdeen podcast. A think you better strap yourself in, as this one could be a bumpy ride. However, to take us through the rather unpleasant task of reflecting on Saturday's hand doing capitulation, we've lined up some top notch guests. Firstly, a man whose last appearance on this show coincided with us basking in the afterglow of a first one at Ibrox in 26 years and looking ahead with genuine optimism to the Scottish Cup final. Well, Richard Gordon, you're not in Kansas anymore.
2: (laughs) Sadly not. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me back to dwell on events at Hamden on Saturday.
1: Well, quite. Uh, Because second up, a former Don turned full-time brilliant media pundit who last graced us with his handsome presence straight after an error-strewn, incoherent cup exit at the hands of Motherwell. Yeah, we probably should have remembered that before booking David Priest to come back on this week. Hi, David.
0: Uh, That sounds familiar. I I like how you try to blame me for it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Finally, he's on here every week because he's clearly a rampant egomaniac. It's Martin Clunas. Martin, how are you?
3: Ego running out of control as always, Richard. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, Two them then. Yeah, let's try and unpick exactly how things went wrong. And you kind of feel that they started to go wrong on the night of the quarter final replay against Kilmarnock with the uh, suspended players that we missed because it really, really did expose the limitations of the squad uh, trying to replace the suspended trio of Graham Shinney, Kenny McLean, and Shea Logan. I think, Richard, when you look at what, was, uh, what the eventual lineup was on Saturday, it was pretty much the only plausible picks.
2: Uh, certainly, defensively, um, that was what I had anticipated. Um, and I guess O'Connor and O'Calley in the middle of the park. mean, the surprise, I suppose, was further up the park. Um, Derek explained beforehand about uh, the injuries denial and to carry Mackay Stephen, um, which in itself, I suppose, created a few questions. The, the other side of was, was really, I, you know, I'm never comfortable with Adam being pushed out. More to the left-hand side, I think he's a centre-forward who scores goals from the middle of the park. Um, but yeah, pretty much, and I guess that led to comments that I'm sure we'll discuss later um, from Derek afterwards when um, he admitted that perhaps the recruitment hadn't been right in the summer.
1: Yeah, it's clearly it's something we've touched on here intermittently uh, as we've looked back on a succession of these kind of displays over the course of the season. But uh, Martin, the formation in which we set out in was r- roughly the same as we'd actually employed in the win at Motherwell a few weeks back, at four two three one. but with Anthony O'Connor really providing almost a sort of three with Arneson and McKenna at the back, not really providing a sort of link-up play that, for example, Ryan Jack would have done in that similar four two three one setup. set up The way that they, they, they employ the two big strikers, there was definitely a, a, an argument for going three at the back, and... What we ended up with and has had some success against them in the past this season was a sort of hybrid system that sort of played to be at the back, but uh, still tried to try to give us more men in midfield.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the you look at those three that you mentioned there. You've got Arneson, you've got McKenna, and you've got O'Connor, and you know, three fairly strong um, strong footballers there. And you were kind of hoping that they'd be able to combat what is you now a very physical Motherwell side. The defence is where the worry was. Even despite the fact you've got Nylon mckay Stephen missing as well, that there's always a kind of worry there that you know some of the guys just haven't seemed to live up to what we know of, what we know they're capable of. And but that that three was that we should have should have really been like a, a linchpin. Now there, there should have been a lot stronger, but it just it didn't quite it didn't quite click. But a lot of a lot of the players in the park you knew we could say things didn't quite click.
1: David, I want to come to you and talk about um, tactical setups, not in the not in a sort of theory point of view, but the difficulty that uh, some players have and some players don't have of adapting to different setups. It seems that throughout the last twenty years, at Aberdeen. We've really, really struggled whenever we've gone to a three-stroke five at the back. And there's no reason why that should be. Scott McKenna, for example, looks supremely comfortable as part of a three while playing for Scotland. It's just another one of those player skills, isn't it? That ability to adapt to different tactical setups.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know whether we've, we've touched on this before, but it, it's, it kind of baffles me when you, you, you know, if you go back last season you in the... The big sort of chat about Arsenal go, uh, going with three at the back, and even the first game they, they were going into it. Sort of people questioned, "Oh, will they be able to adapt to it? Will it, uh, how will it fare?" And it, it's ridiculous to think that it's a straightforward uh, formation. You know, it's it's something that's from I don't know from eleven to sixteen. You know, that's when your education comes in. Sort of and you the. Tactical awareness is drip fed into your into your coaching, and it's by the time you get to, to full time football at sixteen to eighteen, you should you should be more than capable of doing that. And I think that for anybody to to say that formations or changing formations uh, have that big effect, of course it depends on what the other team are playing as well. That's that, that's a big factor in it as well, but. Any player, uh, it's, you know, playing the stand, the, uh, the SPFL or, or championship or higher, any full-time football, you really, should be able to adapt, no problem. I think, um, you know, go back to, to Jimmy Calderwood, you know, the pre-se- first pre-season we had under him. Mm-hmm. Where we had sort of um, out in Holland and most nights we'd have tactical team meetings and going through various... Uh, Formations and styles that we could use, in the different positions that each player would play. And I know I have told, told you that about that before. It's it's kind of just preparation for you know for what might happen, and, uh, and putting things in people's heads. And, uh, and you're right, it, sh- it shouldn't really be uh, be a, a, a big problem for for players to adapt. But tactics, styles philosophies mean nothing when you defend as badly as other day did on Saturday, it negates everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's. I think there was a lot, there's always a lot of moving parts in football, but ultimately if you, if you make compounded serious errors to for not just one, but multiple goals, then there's no way back from that. Uh, but, but it certainly did expose, Richard, uh, and we've probably known this all along, that, that we've really had a reliance on... Two key guys uh, this year And two guys who have actually shown A lot of tactical flexibility And their ability to perform well In a number of different roles Graham Shinney He's missed four games all through suspension this season And the results have been 0-2, 2 2 3 And it's been Motherwell twice Hibs and Celtic The Celtic one I, I can discount But the other ones yeah, He's got one year left in his deal I, I really fear that we're going to lose him uh, This time next year
2: yeah, you would hope that uh, behind the scenes they've been working hard because he has been phenomenal. And you know what? It's not just this season; it's it's during his time at Aberdeen and also in his last couple of seasons at Cali Thistle. He's been one of the most consistently outstanding players in his position in Scottish football for a number of years now. Missed him hugely. And um, Miss Katie McLean, who for me, ever since the, the move to Norwich was sorted out, has probably been our best player, um, our most consistent player. Certainly offers a lot going forward um, as the range of passing. It was always going to be a huge hole. Uh, but Derek had known, obviously, that uh, that was going to be the case ever since we beat Kermarnik at Rugby Park. Um, and there would have been the opportunity at any, knew exactly how Motherwell were going to approach the game. There was nothing uh, unusual, nothing different than Motherwell did. So, I mean, the options um, had had plenty of time to be looked at, to be ironed out. Um, sadly, the, the players who... Set in those positions Who clearly are, are not at the same level As uh, both Shinny and McLean Have been for us of course, he just, I mean, They just simply didn't play They weren't alone um, I don't think it was anyone in that team Apart from Greg Stewart for me In the, um, the first half in particular A couple of times he looked like he was going to cause problems That apart um, It was just one of those horrendous days Where you, uh, And it's compounded by the fact that you're missing You're missing certainly your two Most consistent players in the team
1: and of course, when you become over, overly reliant, Martin, on those two, they're, they're never going to get dropped. They're always going to get game time. So the guys who are next in the line aren't maybe seeing the sort of first team minutes that would keep them competitive and active for a semi final. And uh, I think in the case of Nokali, obviously, he, he was out injured for, for a week or two prior to the semi final. And, and frankly, Luke lost in the middle of that park on Saturday uh, without singling him out, because I think it would be unfair to.
3: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any kind of blame on him. But he did. He looked. Um, he looked lost. He looked a couple of yards off the pace um, for the 43, 44 minutes, whatever it was. He was on the pitch. You know, contributed very little. You're right. though, If two guys are playing all the time, if two guys are playing at the high level that McLean and Cheney both play at, then you're going to have guys who are going to be kicking their heels. And we're we're at a point in the season where it's important to be racking up wins week in week out. Can't afford to sort of maybe take a chance With formations because it's the kind of business end Of the season so these guys unfortunately Aren't going to see minutes um, I saw that obviously some of the guys did have um, Did get some minutes in the under 20s Game I think they played four or five of the Sort of fringe players um, Against Dundee in the under 20s um, To try and get them some time but you know, It's not it's not the same um, These guys are clearly looked a bit short um, Nakali in particular Ball I'm sure we'll come to looked looked um, miles off the pace as well and it's just something that unfortunately when you've got guys that are performing at a consistent high level, your squad you know which I'm sure we'll also talk about the squad as well because Derek mentioned it the squad isn't going to be perfectly rounded because because good players aren't going to want to sit on the bench and not play every week.
2: It's all compounded for me by the fact that um, those two were missing and um, Grimshaw and Campbell just ran that midfield and they would not have had that kind of freedom to do so had Kenny McLean and Graham Shinney been in there?
1: No, uh, for the brief periods of time in which Motherwell actually played the ball through midfield, of course. Um, but, uh, that's not, again not meant as a criticism. They completely outplayed us in any possible but, conceivable but it's not level. Just what
2: they're doing with the ball, is it? Uh, yeah, of course, it's the harrying
1: their, and the chasing, and the
2: space that they're closing. Of course, down and the hard work they're doing. Um, when you the clever players, Shinney and McLean would be among that number. Find space. They, they find openings. They get away from the markers and. And O'Connor certainly wasn't able to do that. No, Cali wasn't while he was in the park.
1: And, you know, let's again be clear, a lot of our game plan on Saturday, for what it was, seemed to exist of playing long balls in the channels for Stevie May to chase. I'm guilty of the old kind of Arsene Wenger. Everybody thinks they're, uh, they have the prettiest wife back home. Uh, David, it, it, we're going to speak about squad management in terms of how he's built the squad later, but it, it's surely also squad management to ensure that you know, during games when you maybe got a comfortable lead, you you try and protect the senior players, you try and give younger players more game time. and It it seems to have been something that's been conspicuously lacking this season.
0: I think it all just depends on, you know, the the outcomes of what happens at the end of the season. You know, it looks like um, Jürgen Klopp criticised last year for not resting players and then sort of dying off towards the end of the season or over a period when they picked up a lot of injuries. So it's... It's all dependent on, you know, it, it's all right to be retrospective and say, well, we're not going through a good period, but it's because of this and because they haven't rested players or the, the score isn't good enough. Um, of course, Derek himself come out and said that his recruitment hasn't been great. And and it's not like the... the, the I don't think it's the fact that the squad isn't strong enough. You know, you, you know if you have a full side out there, if you have a full-strength team uh, against Motherwell, then... It's, it looks pretty, pretty healthy on the bench as well, but with regards to recruitment, I think it's it's definitely something's got to be looked at because it's you, know, you get the situation now where uh, it's it's a lot more competitive in that league now, a lot more competitive. Yeah. You've got a, a, a much healthier Hearts and Hibs, You've got um, obviously Steve Clark at Kilmarnock, um you know, and then, and then on top of that, you've got Motherwell and St Johnson. So it's. I don't know if it's a case where it maybe he's had a little bit too easy of late the last few seasons and up until now it's, it, you know, it, it hasn't, uh, the, the recruitment aspect hasn't been a, such a problem where now, you, you look at the team that beat uh, beat Aberdeen on Saturday, it, it's full of players who, uh, there's no really top league youth players there uh, who've, who've drifted down in the in the Motherwell side, they've all been sort of um, conference league two players and yeah, you can see what they do. They work hard, they're very direct, and, and Aberdeen just couldn't cope with them.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair point to make about the fact that maybe in seasons gone by, some of the new signings could have uh, either had time to bed in, and there wouldn't necessarily have been the same pressure of a, a bigger game coming around every three or four games as we, as we kind of have in this league now. Or indeed, if signings didn't work out, they could be moved on very, very swiftly. Um, The thing is, obviously, he's spent money on a few of the summer signings, and uh, it's harder then to justify, for example, getting rid of Stevie May after just one season, Richard.
2: Well, there's no question. I mean, he's got so much faith, or he certainly has had so much faith in Stevie May. Uh, And it was a four-year deal, wasn't it? I mean, it was a big, big deal. Um, I mean, it is incredible to, to... I wouldn't have imagined that we would be having this discussion that Derek himself would have raised the issue of his recruitment Um, when you think back to last summer. I thought Tansy looked a great signing, Um, GMS, Stevie May, Um, Greg Stewart's given what he'd done for a couple of seasons for Dundee, and Carrie Arneson coming back, hugely experienced player. I mean, on the face of it, it looked like it was actually possibly the, the best recruitment that um, we'd had in years and, and there was even talk in the early part of the season I remember the guys in sports team talking about it the fact that actually Hayes and McGinn have gone but it may be that Aberdeen actually have a stronger score now than they had last year um, sadly, I, look Gary McKay-Steven's done it in spells Greg Stewart has come to the fore a bit more recently um, Carry Anderson's had some really good strong defensive games he's also had a couple of shockers that, that I've seen and Stevie May, just, just, it just hasn't got going at all. I think it's one goal in the last five months mm-hmm. that he's scored. I know he was out injured for a, a period of that time, um, but he certainly doesn't look the player. who banged in 20-odd goals for St Johnston a few seasons ago and, got, and, and actually scored a lot of goals for Aloe and Hamilton as he was coming through as a kid. So um, it, it's, I, I wouldn't have believed that all those players, of course, Craig Tanty um, of the Ross County, he I think he's never played twice for them since he... He made the move. Um, I wouldn't have imagined that it would have been so disappointing in terms of uh, how the seasons were pretty much all these players out.
1: Well, yeah, we will revisit that, uh, I think, in a more general sense uh, later on. But let's uh, take a, a forensic look at the goals which we lost on Saturday and, the, yeah, the catalogue, the errors that make up the first one. Uh, it takes your breath away, almost. I mean, you've got, firstly, I mean, this all stems from a model free-kick in the one-half. They play it long. Kai Anderson gets underneath the first ball. That's compounded by Dominic Maul allowing uh, Richard Tate to get on the wrong side of him. He then stops playing to appeal for a handball. And it was a handball. And whilst it has nothing to do with the reason that we lost 3-0, I find it almost inconceivable that there are six officials surrounding that pitch and none of them saw that. It's instinct, isn't it? When you stop playing to appeal for it's instinct. But... Jesus! It's surely the very first thing that gets rammed into you when you start playing at any sort of decent level of football is that you you play to the whistle.
0: Yeah, it's criminal, really. And I, I know that Derek's come out today and he, he's mentioned the handball, but I bet you when he go back in that dressing room, it, 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 it won't be the first thing he's talking about. First thing we talking about, you asking Dominic Ball why he's uh, why he stopped, and it's and it's not the fact that he's, he slows down; he, he actually turns away from play. Uh, yeah. To, to appeal, it's, it, it just beggars belief, really. I mean, it's especially it's such a such a big game as well. I mean, yeah, it, from the angle that you see behind the goal, it's it's a clear handball. But from where the referee is, he's got his body between the uh, the ball and the, and the referee. Uh, I think the lines were on the far side, so he hasn't got a clear view of it. So it, it's it's not one that you're going to appeal for, and you're going to get just because you appeal. It, nobody could see it. Get a good sight of it. And yeah, I just, I can't, uh, yeah, I, I was stunned, every, every time I, I looked at the goal, I just I was stunned every time we turned around, and just expe- expecting to, to carry on.
1: Yeah, did, uh, Richard, you watch an awful lot of football over the course of the season, I guess you don't see things quite as amateur as that, or? Oh, I, I mean, I was just astonished,
2: and from where we were, we couldn't see that it was a handball, we were high up in the gantry there, and handing it behind it, um, And you you talk about that fish, I mean, the the, the one I suppose you're looking at is the assistant or the additional assistant who's behind the goal. Uh, Presumably, there there were bodies in the way and and that's why he couldn't see it. And, you know, Dominic Ball, I think the the big issue initially was he's got himself in the wrong position. He then, rather than actually trying to get back, and he probably wasn't going to get to the ball, but he would have been a presence Mm -hmm. and he might have been, might have done enough just to take Richard Tate's mind off getting the ball into a dangerous area, as it was, he was completely unhampered, and, and I, I mean I was just astonished, uh, and I looked well, I've got Willie Miller sitting
1: along beside me <laughs> watching that, and you can imagine the look in Willie's face when that happened uh, yes uh, yes, And it's uh, worth pointing out that Tate doesn't Control the ball after his touch with a hand Immediately because he doesn't need to Because Donaldson Ball no. isn't by his side exactly. uh, So you know there could have been An opportunity to get back but yes the damage Has been done originally And um, Martin It's, it, it's again it's a, it's a guy who's filling in at Right back it's uh, the, the fact that we don't have a recognised replacement right back In the squad and, and partly that's Due to budget we have to have guys who are flexible and can play a few different positions but it's also quite a worrying indictment on our youth team for example isn't
3: it To to an extent yeah, I mean you're looking at guys that, the guys you know you're never going to have two players for every position um, just with the the budget that we know the rest of the teams in Scottish football have so you are looking at guys that can fill in, Um, the problem is that when Ball's played this season he's he's not really impressed in any, any of the games so the worry is that you know he comes in. Um, you know he's filling in. He's not really, you know, he's not really a right back. You know he kind he can slot in there, um, but you know he did. He wasn't exactly pulling up, pulling up trees when when he, when he was in the championship with the Rangers, was he? And he's came in, came in to a team like Aberdeen who are trying to challenge at the top top end of the table. He's obviously looking to get himself, you know, a contract elsewhere. He's not, he's not wanted it as his owner, his parent club. I think so, um, and. It just, it just, it didn't seem to. He's not seemed to look look comfortable any time he's played, um, and, no, okay, he got he got hooked um, on on Saturday fairly fairly no, quickly, but um, but by, the, by then the damage was done, and I mean it's just unfortunate. That he's he's like a he's a guy who's came in and he's really been a, a substandard um, bit of recruitment by the manager.
1: And David, I think the the thing is, there were no surprises whatsoever in the way that Motherwell approached the game on Saturday. Uh, they were going to be direct. The two front men were going to rough up our centre halves as much as possible. That sort of thing really should be meat and drink for a centre half, though, shouldn't it? Yeah,
0: it should be. I mean, it's it's the basics of uh, defending, and you know, I think you are going to see a lot more of it uh, simply because. No, it, it, we're coming in the, the age of analytics where um, you know, you know, the the research goes into to how goals are scored. And we're going to go back to this uh, a little bit once. and it's not because it's the easiest way of scoring, but it's because teams cannot defend it. So you you you're seeing you, you know if you, if you look now you're seeing more uh, long throws into the box, which is where the second goal came from. Uh, you you you're seeing um, the teams working more on set pieces, um, and put more effort into them as well. But like you said, it's it's defending basics, and uh, when you're making those mistakes, uh, you know you, you are not going to keep clean sheets, and, and especially you know it's difficult if you're if you're a sort of a side where you've got a lot of attacking intent and you, you sort of you you, 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 you know sacrificing some defensive uh, qualities for that. Uh, Aberdeen really don't have that they've got more of a balanced side that would depend on being defensively strong and, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it's painful watching naturally
1: Second goal Martin, uh, Scott McKenna for the second time in two games uh, he makes a pretty critical mistake very shortly after we've lost the first goal uh, and it turns what was going to be a challenging position of being a goal down in the semi-final into a mountain to recover from Clearly, once again, the uh, the the thing here with Scott McKenna is how he reacts to this because there are going to be dips in this performance as he matures.
3: You're looking, you, know, you go, you go one nil down. You're looking for some sort of reaction. Um, you're, you're certainly looking to kind of just, you know, you know, hopefully try and nick one back fairly quickly. Um, what you don't want to do is concede a goal, another calamitous goal, two minutes later. We've we've been very complimentary with Scott McKenna as you know, he's he's he is a very good, you know, prospect and he will go on to be I'm sure he'll go on to be, you know, a really a top top Scottish player. Um but you know, it's an, it's a, another mistake which you know there are other there are other guys that were you no know, at fault in at certain aspects of that goal as well, but it comes from a daft swing where you should you could have just maybe tried to be a bit a bit clever, a bit cuter. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it's led to another goal, and by that point now, two 2-0 down. Twenty-two minutes into the game, it's you've got an absolute mountain to climb. To be
0: honest, I, I don't think it's about being clever in that situation. It's 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 like we talk about the you know players who um, should know or be able to switch formations and be more tactically aware from a from a young age. He goes for a ball with his left foot that he should be going with his right. Yeah. Now in that. It's because he's weak weaker foot, and it shouldn't be a case like that. It shouldn't be. He shouldn't be worrying about going with the ball with his right foot. He should be just putting that ball straight through it and, and being able to and just clear his lines. And he was always going to make it difficult for himself reaching over his left foot in that position. Yeah, I mean
2: the other side of that is that it wasn't. I mean there was still time to sort it out from that. It was. A, it was. It was a wild slash. It did put the defence um, in difficulty, but. It should have be dealt with? Yeah. for me, mm-hmm.
1: should it be dealt with by Carrie Arneson. Well, it's like the first; it's mistake compounded by mistake compounded by mistake. Uh, David, any criticism of Joe Lewis? Do you think he should have come for the uh, for the ball as soon as it came off McKenna, or is it just not enough time for him to react?
0: No, not at all. And unless Carrianos and gets a shout from Joe there, which he obviously didn't, he should be just clearing that ball the way that it's trying to put it to the side, out the right back area, or just put uh, put it out for a, for a corner. Uh, and safety first and the moment he lets that ball drop he's in trouble and um, and, and Joe uh, when, when the when the first shot initially comes in I think he's just it's kind of just caught by surprise because it's there's a little bit of panic sets in and if he probably remember, he's been set of yeah, I mean, his hands set probably he'd probably be able to parry that to the side and uh, like I said from the first uh, McKenna's sort of slice there's just a little bit of panic from everybody and I think um, it, no, there's no, there's no. I'm not saying there's any blame at all with Joe there, really, but carry on. He's so just got to take control, take authority of the situation. As long as nobody says anything to him, he doesn't get a call, just clear it. It's simple as that.
1: And the third, I think, again, it's just it's just evidence of how much people's heads had gone, how frazzled uh, the centre-halves were at that point. Carry Oneson plays the ball first time, he tries to play it back into limited traffic, but still traffic, went to the right-hand side of the pitch, he had men free and acres of space and yeah it's the third goal it's very well finished uh by main martin but again just not the sort of goal you should be uh, you should be losing
3: no it shouldn't i mean but you're right to give main credit it was a very good finish um you took it it took it well um you know it comes from the ball being given away and uh, and again we're we're almost in we're almost i think in line with their 18 yard box No, the ball's given away when there's, uh, there's you know, O'Connor's got a couple of players around him. He could have just played a short pass to, and they just play the. play a long ball up, another long ball that you no, know, we're found wanting in de- in dealing with. And you know, Arneson, I get like David mentioned, there he's experienced. No, you know, should take control, know what to do. Um, he just the panics, and you, the, you you've 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 the, the head really. It's a head's gone moment, and you know, the ball's given away. And as soon as as soon as Maine's through on goal, there he's, he's not being caught. Um, and it's, you're, you're left on one-on-one with the keeper And it was, it was a terrific finish from him
1: So obviously a lot of focus Is going to be on the defending from Saturday And rightly so But it was another key head-to-head game Where we've not scored And frankly we didn't really look like scoring One Stevie May Slath chance Accepted It's the 14th time this season that we failed to score um, Now our main attacking midfielders and centre forwards this season so not talking the guys who've played a bit part like Nicky Maynard they've got genuine track records in the SPL SPFL but for whatever reason they're just not combining richard it's it, it's a million dollar question clearly but what's gone wrong yeah i i was looking at this
2: because last season was brilliant uh, in terms of Goal going the best I think in a quarter of a century. Yeah, ninety seven goals in all games, all competitions last season. Sixty six this season with just five games to go. Um, Adam Rooney's top scorer with what eleven? He's the only one in double figures. Stevie May has got five. Um, it, you know, if you looked at player, if you took the, the, the main Rooney against Bowman and Maine, um player for player, you go, you would, you would choose Rooney and May all day long. But right now you wouldn't because. It's, it's, not, it's not happening um, They haven't, for me Linked up in any way, shape or form When they have been in the park together um, And I still And I've said this, I've always said this For me, you play Adam Rooney You play him through the middle And you get two guys wide And you create chances um, That's where he got his goals But Niall and Johnny were doing it For the last few seasons I mean, Adams, he's not going to hit 20 goals this season He's done it for the last three seasons He's been, He's been so reliable in that respect. Um, and I, I think you're, you're taking... And he's not, clearly. He's, he's by no means been a regular starter every week this season. He's come on in some matches later on. He has started. And I, I mean, there are games where he hasn't produced, certainly. But he, he hasn't been given the opportunities to score goals that he has done. Stevie May it looks short of confidence at times for me. Um, and he's he doesn't look... I, Stephen McLean was a big part of, of the success that Stevie May had. There's no question about that. He's a very clever player. But I, I, there was a lot to like about Stevie May's game. Um, and it just it just hasn't happened from that sense. Um, and I think Kenny McLean's weighed in with goals. From midfield, Ryan Christie has as well. I think he's dipped in the last few months, perhaps. Um, just right across the team. It, they don't. Last season, they looked like a team that was going to score in every single match. And... Um, it just all feeds, I suppose it feeds back to what Derek had said about his recruitment. And also, um, and I know it's something that Willie Miller's very strong on, is the fact that Derek doesn't know his, his best team. Um, the last few seasons, he's chopped and changed. He's, he's, remember, he had the alternative front three at the start of last season, which he went with. Um, but pretty quickly, he reverted to the tried and tested. Um, and he's just not been able to do that this season. And he hasn't had the consistency um, I mean, Scott. I thought Scott Wright was going to have a brilliant season. I thought he of the wide players, he, he was the best we had in the first couple of months of the season. I fully expected him to be involved, to score goals, to create. But we haven't seen him in the last few months. Uh,
1: the goals per game was actually interesting because it's only the goals per game this season is actually comparable with every other Derek McInnes season apart from last season. It's yeah. particularly in these kind of these bigger games, if you will, these games against the teams around us. And you know the cup ties against Motherwell, the defeat in Cyprus. It, it's not even been a case of not scoring. It, it has been like Saturday and barely looking like scoring. Yeah. And um, David, when obviously when a when a team is having these difficulties at one end of the pitch, it, it just increases the anxiety and the, the sort of sense of panic at the other end, doesn't it?
0: It does. In, in... That's kind of what the, the solution had been found with, with Joan and obviously he's had his injury this season, and, and, and Freddie coming in. It's uh, that, that's going to disrupt it as well. So it's you're right. It's 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 imperative that they keep keep clean sheets and uh, they're not going to see goals. And make it sounds simple really, but and, that, and that's kind of I don't know, that's kind of been the, the the strength really, the fact that they you know they they go to games and. They're, they're always in the game. Uh, it always gives you a chance of win the game, and, and the, the longer it goes, it's the, the, you know, you, it doesn't matter where you want behind us, you know, you, you, It keeps you in the games, and I think that's. It, I, I mean, I, I look at Stevie May and I just uh, and I don't see a goal scorer, and I know which record has been in the past, and you know, just watching the game Saturday. You know, he, he's not a clean striker of the ball. He, his connections always a little bit scruffy as well, and and it's it's probably to me it's not too early there to question this Simon, I don't think because I'm, I'm not, I said you look seeing a lot more than I have, especially with Tim Johnson as well. But I I, I don't see um, an answer to a goal scoring problem there.
1: And I think that's what he is relying on within the Aberdeen sports at the moment. Is because Martin, if you if you based him purely on his time at Aberdeen, then you would be you would be questioning. You know, is this guy ever going to hit the heights? Uh, that one chance that we did, one real clear cut chance that we did clear on Saturday. I think said at the time that. It's inexcusable he doesn't score. What's inexcusable is that he doesn't hit the target, clearly, from that situation. And a confident, fit, fully fit, sharp striker is finding the target there, isn't he?
3: He is, yeah. I mean, the worry with Stevie, May, I think, is that uh, since he's came back from the, the injury that he obviously received um, in the, the tackle with Ryan Jack, is that he looks... He, he looks. I don't want to say he doesn't. He looks like he doesn't have any heart, because that wouldn't be fair. But he looks like he's he's terrified of being injured. Um, he just he doesn't seem what he doesn't seem to be. You no, know, we've we've seen him kind of when he was in Scotland before for St johnson He was he was able to kind of you know, he was fairly physical and he was able to. You no, know, I was a bit of class there and there was a bit, there was a lot of ability, but he was quite he was strong and he was you no know, able to kind of get get stuck in and you no know, bully bully other players as well. He, he looks a bit. He looks soft now. He looks. He's a bit. He's worried about being hurt, um, which is a concern. But when you've been out injured for that long, I mean, you know, David will be able to tell us better than I would be able to say. But you know, if you've been out injured that long, you know, I, I, I fear that that's playing on his mind. Um, and if that's going to be playing on his mind, we're never going to see the best of him.
1: Well, that is obviously a big accusation to make, uh, but D- but David does that. From your experience, coming to your head, I know you've you've written extensively about uh, your wrist troubles.
0: Yeah, it, it does, but I think it's I think you, you get over that pretty quickly, unless it's sort of um, I don't know, unless it's sort of a real horrific injury. I think once you know you've made that first tackle, once you know in my own case, you know, you've, if you've had wrist injuries or. Or arm injuries. Once you, you know, somebody fires a shot and you know it's got a lot of pace on it, and you're all right after that. You, you kind of just slip back into in the sort of autopilot game, and, you, and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen enough of Stevie made to, to judge either way. And uh, before his, before and just after his injury, so it's it's difficult for me to say. Like, but it's it cuts a frustrating figure for me because I think. At least with Adam Rooney, I agree totally with with Richard because with Adam Rooney, there's a consistency there. There's when he's not playing well, you, you know, you'll get something from him, and you have. To, I mean, Motherwell Saturday they play to the strengths, and Richard's right again about about Adam Rooney. You've got to play to his strengths. You know, you, you put that ball in the box, and he's a, he's a handful. He's he, he, he's his time of runs. When he's uh, in, when he's challenged for the ball, he's he's, uh, he, he's he just he's very strong, and, uh, and you have to play with your And I think that um, at least you know that. Uh, to me, you, you've got somebody in Adam Rooney who you know how to get the best out of him to so do that. With Stevie me and me, he, it's there's too much of an unknown quantity, and you you're waiting for him to produce something himself. And when somebody's not informed like he is. And, um, you know, you're
1: going to be waiting a long time As David made the point earlier Richard, we just We don't have the, the sort of runner games or, or, or the pressure Not pressure free, but uh, reduced pressure Environment with which we can allow Stevie May the time to get back To where he maybe once was
2: Now, look, it might be that he needs He needs um, a break, he needs a summer He needs a good um, a Full pre-season under his belt Before he's going to be Back and able to provide what I think we all expected to get and um, it's worth remembering also I mean he barely played for two years yeah it wasn't just injury at this season I mean, yeah. he was coming back from a horrendous injury spell I mean clearly they would have checked him all out they'd have been quite happy that he was um, coming back to full fitness Um I mean for me he's actually bulked up compared to what he was like when he was at St Johnston um so you would expect him to be to be able to hold off defenders more to be a bit stronger um it, maybe he's just going to be the sort of player he does get a wee run, gets a few goals like he did right at the starts. Um, <laughs> I really thought it was going to take off. Uh, and he does look, I mean, David's right. You know, I've seen him coming through, that's on a Hamilton back. He was top scorer of those two seasons when he went out on Lone Allo and Hamilton. Um, finally got a run on the St Johnston team, linked up with Stephen McLean. And there was, there was a lot to enjoy about his play. Um, he looks an entirely different player. Now, um, and well, I'm sure Derek McInnes will be hoping that um, once he gets through the summer and, and as I say, really gets a, a good, hard pre season in, that um, we're going to see him playing. That said, um, I, I don't think his performances this season have warranted him being in there ahead of Adam Rooney really. because, as David pointed out, he's not looking like an actual goal scorer right now. Adam always will be. Uh, I mean, the one effort we had in goal um, on targets. At the weekend, felt Adam, um, and he, you know, he got it there. It was saved relatively comfortably, I suppose, by Carson. But that's what you get. it falls to Rooney, he will give you the opportunity. He will, he will be in with a real chance of scoring a goal. Um, and I just don't think we've we've created enough. I would be still right now. I would be investing more in trying to provide Adam Rooney with what he needs, rather than trying to. Um, Get Stevie May to lead that line.
1: So, what does that look like then, Richard? Does that mean Scott Wright and Nam again uh, at either side, or uh, you know, what does that no. look like? Because clearly, well, this, mean, at the start of this season, uh, the the idea was that we wouldn't be so reliant on wingers, out and out wingers, because we'd lost Johnny Hayes, we'd lost Nam again, and I suspect Stevie May coming in was part of that plan.
2: Yeah, Gary McKay, um is an out and out winger in that sense. A, a very different type of player to Nile and to Johnny Um, it took him away I mean he obviously scored in Europe um, then he disappeared for a bit I thought he had a really good run Um, at which point I thought right he's going to make an impact Greg Stewart again hadn't been playing much and I think he's got the type of physique that that Greg probably needs to be playing Uh, otherwise he just just (laughs) doesn't look I mean he just doesn't look Fit, I don't know he is. I know he'll be fit, and there's something about that kind of slouching running style of his. But I mean, he's, you saw even on Saturday that I mean, some lovely touches. A very skillful player. Um, again, not bursting down the wing like Johnny Hayes did, or like uh, Niall McGinn has done in recent seasons. But there to provide plenty. I thought Scott Wright would be the one, um, and I thought that we'd so many options there. To change it if need be, but of course that's only a benefit if you've decided who, and if we're saying four two three one, if you've decided who your front four are, um, you go with them, and then you've got players there who you can step in and come in for half an hour, or who can replace injured players or suspended players. Um, but Derek has never had that luxury, if you like, because he's never he, the, the players' performances. The players haven't performed well enough to convince him that they are. The first choices, and and that's been the issue. He's he's had to chop and change right the way throughout. I see. I am most disappointed, probably, with the fact that we, that Scott Wright hasn't um, seen as much game time as I'd have hoped, and, and that Adam um, Rooney has been in a similar situation. Uh, I would have expected more from from Greg Stewart over the course of the season, but I think we've seen flashes there to to know that um, you know he should have been able to to offer an awful lot more, probably, over the course of the campaign. It's just, we're coming to the end of it, I mean, I suppose in some ways, Saturday, just it's just such a frustrating season, because the elements looked like they were all there, for me. Um, And David's absolutely right, it's much tougher now, but with handles out with the the defeats, I mean, until recently, the defeats, obviously, against Celtic and Rangers, have been horrendous. Um, But Motherwell have been the only team out with that to beat us. That's gone a bit, of course, in the, the last... Month or so, um, but over the piece, we're only what is it? We're only I think we're only five points behind what we were last season, which is staggering given the level of performances this season compared to last.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, we are. Uh, expectations have been raised, which is obviously a very, very good thing. But it does, in turn, create, its, uh, create a rod for its back uh, for its own back. Uh, Derek McGinn, in doing so. Because now, Martin, you could conceivably have a season where we've got to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup and finishing second, and it will look like an abject failure.
3: I suppose you, I suppose you could say that. I mean, because the the, the disappointment you know, in the cups would make it look that way. Because you know, it was a two pretty abject performances in the the cups. Whereas you know we two finals last season, one of them we turned up in, one of them we didn't. I suppose that's how that's just the nature of it. You now that we've we've been been good for. For you no know, several seasons now, where anything other than you no know, even slight sort of improvement or maintaining what we've done will be will probably be seen as a bit of a failure.
2: But you can't you can't call finishing second in that league abject failure against the uh, Rangers oh, no. team. But, well, that's that's what Richard said there. The, you, the, <laughs> the budget, the, the huge budget the Rangers have in comparison to ours, the fact that Hibs have come up with a very healthy budget and a very strong squad. Um, if we finish seconds behind a Celtic team, that will that will continue to dominate this league. Um, disappointing, perhaps, because there hasn't been cup success, and because of the, um, the the manner of the defeats in the two cup competitions. But it would be ridiculous to suggest it's failure.
1: Okay, is it success?
2: No, in the sense that we. No, I don't even mean in the, the sense we, of winning a
1: trophy. Win. But is it if success? We, if we
2: win the Scottish Cup. We shouldn't be finishing ahead of Rangers On the budget that we've got and the budget that they've got We should not be finishing ahead of Rangers
1: But of course using that same argument We shouldn't be losing to Motherwell twice in the Cup
2: uh, Those are one of 90 minute games I'm talking about over the course of a season And they should have They should have had the advantages That that budget brought them To ensure that they finished Second in the league If they don't finish second in the league It's abject failure for
1: them True, true uh, but let's move on to talk about something which I, I guess um, marries that point about the, the, the increased pressure and um, talk about something which you, you, might, you might have escaped your notice because it has been on the social media bubble. Uh, but uh, Anthony O'Connor um, sort of took exception, took the bait basically of someone responding to him on Instagram, um, which plainly he shouldn't have done, um, I think neither party in that, uh, in that little contestant, comes out of it with any credit. Obviously, we're not going to go into in-depth on any of this, on the specifics of it, because we don't know whether it actually, definitely, when percent happened. But in more general terms, David, that pressure of meeting expectations, and especially in the age of, a, of social media, how is it possible for the modern-day footballer to, to be open on social media and still... Well, still exists, so keep their mental health. <laughs> I it,
0: think it, it's very difficult. I think that's, um, I've, I've said this for a long time, if Twitter was around when I was playing at Aberdeen, I wouldn't be anywhere near a laptop or, or <laughs> i I'd, I'd, I'd have a knock near phone and you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I don't think, to be honest with you, because I, I just know the kind of boost I would have got. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it you you expect a certain amount, you know, it, it comes with being a footballer at a certain level, well, at any level, really. Especially the a club like Aberdeen, where it's, there is an expectation there because of what's gone before. Um and, but you look at it two ways, you either moan about it, uh, and I would go back to the, and the fans or just call them deluded or whatever, or you can actually use the past to spur yourself on. I know when I first arrived at, when I first arrived at Aberdeen, there was a lot of friction between players and fans. There was, a, there, was there was a lot of um, I don't know if it's players were for the club. To be honest, there was a lot of um, I don't know, I don't know what's the right word for, it, but there was a lot of like there was, kind of, well, was a, a kind of animosity towards the, the fans because they expected so much and I don't know. It, it, to me, it, it didn't make a difference to me whatsoever simply because I. I and you, you know what you're coming into really and if if anybody can say anything worse to you than what you're seeing your, to yourself after a bad performance then I'd be very surprised I know I was like that but it was yeah there's, there's a lot of focus on Aberdeen and if you, if you can't handle that and without just without having to go back at fans I always found it was I mean I got a, a hell of a lot of stick even just walking around town or if I was out on a Saturday night I got a hell of a lot of stick but to be honest with you if you just walk, if you just speak back to people, and you know, and, and just be civil with them, instead of having to go back and or, you know get into some sort of slang and match, you know you, you often find things turn around 180 degrees. It, it's just the way you've got to you've got to be your own best PR, and and I think that's reacting like that, players these days that you're a lot players are savvy, you're a lot more uh, media savvy, in they should know that you know there's a correct way about going about things and, and there's a and there's an incorrect way and I think that it, nobody wins when that happens. It, if a play, if a fan's being out of order and, and it gets personal, then it's a, maybe it's a, it's a different matter. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I had it all. I mean, I, I think it was about three games into my my time at, uh, at Aberdeen. I came back. We, we played harder I think it. We've got to be two or three now. And I came back and the spare tyre of my car being ripped off. <laughs> I, I had some beat-up old Suzuki Vitara when I first came. And, uh, and the cover of the, the, cover of the, uh, the spare tyre on the back had been ripped off. It was parked outside of Petrodri. So if, if, that, if that wasn't bad enough, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive back to the, the, the Thistle at Alton's. So I'm going along Union Street. And I look in my rearview mirror to the side, and, um, and I see there's a guy running up, Union, run up the middle of Union Street behind me. And I, I have no idea what's, uh, what's going on. Like I, I don't know what he's doing. I thought he must have be been chased. But as he gets closer, and he's getting closer to the car, I'm thinking, is he coming for me? And he'd seen me have it Lights earlier on, and obviously I had my tracksuit on, I think he must have just got back off the bus at the, uh, uh, the top of Union Street. And uh, it, and just that moved off, he just swung and tried to kick the back of my car, <laughs> and it was obviously screaming up 70s at me. And I was thinking, what, what the hell's going on here? Like, and, and it, it, it is, a, it just to me, it just showed you what it was like to be. I mean, I, obviously, I've been in Sunderland, but and then come from Darlington, but it just showed you that. I mean, you, it, when, when you get to bigger clubs, people this is what happens, people care a lot, do you know what I mean? That's and to I don't know, I think some some. Some players treat fans with a bit of, a bit of disdain really just because it's you've got to realize how much people care about the club and the the, the amount of money and they invest in, in watching the team and it's I mean, they it, you know you look at there's instance in in the press lately about you not know, having a booth on that a for, for reason that like, you've got to understand that, you know the the passion in people i think As i said especially with fans it, it's it's about PR and it's about being able to handle uh, handle situations like that
1: interested in what you say about that first season when you first joined because uh, Anthony O'Connor's response essentially says that you think Aberdeen fans are, were the worst for getting behind their team and but, I, I, but suppose, was, I suppose the contrast for I me mean, would, would be with I'm that first season David when we weren't very good on the pitch but there was still a loyalty there and there was still an atmosphere at games. Uh, I, I mean I don't know if you remember when we went Seven games without scoring, and then we got our first goal. And blame we celebrated that that like a cup winner. It, it well, was a, it was a strange season as far as that goes.
0: Oh no, of course it was. Yeah, but I mean, it was. I don't know. I, in my experience, you know, I've come from Sunderland. We've, uh, Sunderland have got a, a great uh, fan base and support. Yeah, but you often find the best fans, the most partisan fans, are the ones who. <laughs> Uh, the most vociferous when, when things aren't going great. And I, but I think that's that that's a good thing, to be honest with you. It, it, the worst thing that's happened to Sunderland this season is that there's been apathy and we haven't had the, the sort of reaction from fans that have to try and move things on. Um, and, and Aberdeen's definitely like that. Aberdeen's definitely a case of, you know, in, there's, I don't think there'd ever be um, accused of uh, of apathy in any way but like I said, I, I'll just say that, that that was just the the weird things were when uh, when I first came to the club you know there was a lot of fans uh, a lot of a lot of the players sort of didn't enjoy playing and it was um, yeah like the, there was a bit of animosity towards the fans but it's it, I wouldn't have lasted six years at Aberdeen <laughs> if I hadn't got that stick in the first couple of years to be honest with you because I've said uh, I, you know, I, I know I almost went uh, left to go to Tram here mm-hmm. but it I wouldn't have stuck it out so long if I hadn't had that stick and I hadn't had the sort of motivation to prove people wrong. Like I said, I don't know, I, 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 I'm not sure I did that because I, I never, I never achieved what I wanted to achieve or played to the level that I wanted to. But you have to use it that way, you, you know. You, you, if you if you're getting criticised, there's, there's no point complaining about it. You just got to make sure you try and turn it around.
1: D- don't uh, Richard, I don't want to necessarily open up the, the plaster you have over your memories of the, uh, the Abby Scrosdale period because I know that is one which you still uh, still still find hard to deal with. but um, I, I do recall that time as being one where the support were m- probably more unified than they have been under any subsequent manager. It, it's strange sometimes, isn't it?
2: Yeah no it is. Um, I, to be honest, I did just because of, of work and because of the fact that we were rubbish uh, I didn't actually see everybody very much during that time, in fact I went through one spell um, I think it was a two year spell where I only saw us seven times and we lost every game um, I, so I, I, I'm not as au okay fait with that what I do remember vividly um, was the relegation season of 94-95 and, and the last few matches or the last handful of matches that season and the atmosphere of at all the Dons games, I was, I was covering them um astonishing so, I mean there is that you, you do get that in adversity I suppose. And there was huge crowds of those games. Um, the the Dundee United game, the game down at Tyne Castle, um the the game at Falkirk at the end of the season and the, the playoff matches against the side and really vociferous. Um I mean I just think like I I don't know the ins and outs of the Anthony O'Connor thing, but for for anyone to suggest that Aberdeen fans do not back the club is is ridiculous um you know the, the my best friend's daughter was up at five o'clock on saturday morning to go and catch the bus and come down what was it twelve thousand or so i fans i didn't actually see the, the official number whatever it was it, you know it was vastly outnumbered what motherwell um had in the game uh, and i talked to guys at the bbc who support other clubs tam cowan will tell you as far as he's concerned they being fans are the best in the country because of the the numbers the vast numbers that travel to all the away games we may not be the noisiest and um, we're certainly not the noisiest at some games um but david's absolutely right and no one should be questioning uh, the love um the deep love that, that aberdeen fans have for their club they, you, you
1: know
0: there's one thing we're just saying there about um, <laughs> about of, the, the perception of, of other uh, sort of fans of other clubs uh, with aberdeen fans you know, try going to other places. You know, a lot of these... A, a, you know, I, I was a Donington before, before I came to Aberdeen. You know, a, a, lot of, a lot of other players that come to the sort of S, SPF, I uh, well, they um They're coming from clubs that are low down. You know, and try going to other clubs where fans don't care as much or there's only a couple of thousand fans there. Try going to another club that doesn't take 6,000 down to Dundee United or down to Tannadice. Do you know what I mean? It's... I, I don't know how people can complain. You know, when things don't go well, you take things on the tune and move on, like you know.
1: And I suppose that's the point that there is, that brings its own pressure. The fact uh, that there is full houses at Tannerdyke spurring you on, and, and it's a different kind of pressure. I mean, Anthony O'Connor's come from a, a reasonable level. He's maybe not played that often, but he's been at Blackburn and he's been at, at Burton. Not huge crowds at Burton, obviously, but. Blackburn are a club with a, a good sized fan base and some recent success in the bank. It's, um, it, it's a strange one, perhaps, I didn't bring up, but Martin, I don't want this section to be about blowing smoke up the Dawn supporters' arses. I am really quite intrigued at how in times of adversity or in times when what's been on the pitch hasn't perhaps been of the standard we're seeing now, does support seem to speak with more of a single voice than perhaps it does now, where you have different factions splitting off in different ways and different directions?
3: Yeah, I think that maybe comes from, you know, when things are, when things are bad, you're all pulling in the same direction. Or, not that bad? When things, are, things aren't going so well, you're all pushing, the shame, pushing in the same direction, you want things to get better. You no. Know, all, all, all we all want is for Aberdeen to win football matches. Uh, I suppose it comes that when think a bit of success comes, you know the factions kind of divide, and there's some, you know you maybe want to see, you know, moving on of players, or some some people want to see a different manager, or some people want you know, all these different things. And I think that's what then divides divides the support, where you start looking at other things. So when it's when it's not going well, all that matters is. No, getting getting a good result on the pitch, you know, not not losing another game, perhaps. But once you start winning games and you're having a bit of success like we've had, you know, other things may be coming to things. Say we're you know, kind of a bit of complacency of well, we we win most games. We're second in the league all the time anyway, and that's perhaps what the where the divides come from. Which is a bit it's a bit of a shame because you know we you know, we still need that support there. And um, we've spoken about the divides here on the. On the podcast several times before And I don't think it's ever going to Ever going to go away that there's Those divides there and something's going to continue Um, It would just be It would just be a bit nicer to see um, If we could try and get everybody pushing in the same direction Again because you know I was at some of those, you know, I was at a lot of those games when you know, we went, like you mentioned, we went all those games without scoring, we've gone on big losing runs, you know, like the, the season where Steve Patterson was was in charge and things weren't going so well, um, but you know what, it's probably some of the best times I've had, especially at away games as well, because you know, it's nothing to do with being a happy clapper, which is something I've seen you know, directed at certain people. Uh, which is an absolute bullshit statement to use It's just about, you know, supporting the team And wanting the team to do the best, be the best they can People will vent that in different ways But Like I, like I said at the beginning, all we want is All of us just want Aberdeen to win football matches
1: And Richard, is it Do is it, you think it's maybe complacency Or do you think it's the lack of a siege mentality Because when you've got that Everyone's, fi- you know, firing outwards As opposed to firing in on themselves Yeah,
2: look, that may well be the case um, I'm I agree with Martin. Um, those Some of those games I mentioned during the 94-95 the season towards the end of that, it was incredible um, to be... And you, it was a collective, there's, there's no question about that. Like we have obviously finished second the last three seasons, should have be four, but for um, Stephen McLean. Um, and it, it may be five, well, it's not going to be five, it's going to be four if we do it this season. Um, and, and there is an acceptance that, yeah, well, we're second best, if you like, or we're the Next best in the country. Maybe, maybe we need something. Um, I mean, certainly the in the wake of the winning the league cup, and in the wake of that, um, I mean, I, I thought the feel good factor around the place, um, and it was up for a lot of games in the next couple of seasons. I, I thought the feel good factor was was fantastic. I mean, I, I did feel that everybody was pulling in the same direction. Maybe this season it's fractured a bit because things haven't been going quite as well as they have in the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, you know, maybe I think I think for the vast majority of his his time in charge, there would have been near unanimity in
1: terms of the the praise of of Darren McInnes. Um, I, I know I've been
2: told that there's, there's um, perhaps that that's less so now because um, all the expectations that people have and um, the fact that you, you know, there is a glass ceiling for Aberdeen. We can't keep improving every single season in terms of getting record points, record goals um, there's inevitably going to be a dip um, and I just think, I think we all just have to as average fans, you just have to write that through um, because this, we're still um, in a
1: hell of a better position than we were when when Derek took over five years ago I'm going to round off tonight's show, uh, this uh, this section of tonight's show by giving David Priest a hospital pass. Um, David. The modern-day football fan is an entitled, spoiled idiot. Discuss. Do
0: you know what? The, the best thing about uh, social media, uh, it's given everybody a voice uh, in a way of being heard. The worst thing about social media is it's given everybody a chance of um, the views and being heard. It's just, I, I don't know, like I said, I said before about... Um, I think we're, we're getting into a sort of era where expectations because of the, maybe it's not in, in Scottish football really but in certainly in England in the in the Premier League, because of the amount of money that, uh, players, that pay, players are paid and the amount of transfer fees that are paid there's a far greater expectation um, uh, and I think that's... When it comes to sort of clips on the internet, all the highlights and social media, we see the best of everything, um, and we expect that all the time. You know, we forget football's great, but it's not always great. Yeah, players. When I was a kid watching summons, players had bad seasons. I had bad seasons, and it's kind of it's not an acceptance that a player isn't allowed to uh, have a. a A loss of form or, and there's so many things that can contribute to that as well. And I said the the expectation levels because of uh, finances and the, I don't know, it's, you know, players are brought up on FIFA and they expect things to be perfect like FIFA and they very rarely are. You you, you can't control footballers, managers can't control footballers like they're, like, you know, if they've got an Xbox pad on them it's, and and, and that's what players, people are being brought up with and they're not being brought up with. Well, um, you know, the need to go much proper football
1: and, and realise that it isn't perfect. No, um, it, Saturday certainly wasn't perfect, but um, it, it's not the end of the world. It's just a defeat. We will face many more defeats. It's a football club, it's what they do. They win and they lose. It's not the end of the world necessarily when they lose. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time this evening. Um, it's been well, fun might be pushing it, <laughs> but uh, it's certainly been a pleasure to be in the company of uh, David Priest. David, thank you.
0: Thank you very much. And, uh, can, can I just say, you asked uh, Richard a question about whether se- second will be a success for uh, Faber Day in this season. I think it will be.
1: Richard, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for uh, strongly disagreeing with me earlier. Always good.
2: I'm always <laughs> happy to do that.
1: <laughs> and uh, thank you, as ever, to Martin Clarence. Martin, thanks. Cheers, Rich. Thank you, we'll be back next week, hopefully looking back on a victory at Rugby Park. Until then, good night.